they're soulmates. So much to talk about today. Does it feel like Friday? No. <laughs> And that was a hard no. It was a hard no. I said it was all 10 toes. I don't know. I'm feeling Friday-ish today. No? Okay. Well, it is Tuesday. And uh, as always, we have plenty to uh, talk about with you. Thanks so much for joining the conversation. Another Byron Allen discrimination lawsuit against McDonald's and Howard University reveals their 2023 commencement speaker. Welcome to Fox News Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm Nicordelai Corte. Plus, the investigation into the NFL and its workplace environment and what Shirley Ralph is doing to help teachers. They're the stories that impact our people. We're going to bring you our news, our views, and our voice. So let's get into our top conversation for the day. The family of Jordan Neely is demanding justice and criminal charges for the man who fatally choked him on a New York City subway. This happened last week. Neely's family called out Mayor Eric Adams for his response to the incident, which they say was insufficient. During an interview, Adams refused to call the incident a murder and criticized elected officials who did. Neely's family also criticized the legal team of Daniel Penny, the man who choked Neely for claiming that the chokehold was not intended to harm him. Witnesses say that Neely was not being violent or threatening before Penny attacked him. Despite a medical examiner's ruling of a homicide, Penny has not been charged with any crime. As the um, protests continue, I think the mm -hmm. latest one I saw over the weekend, protesters were actually on the subway tracks. How dangerous is that? So that will tell you how um, how uh, passionate they are about this case and wanting some charges, wanting him to answer. And for, and for Penny's legal team to say, well, he didn't intend to, to, to kill him. Uh, I mean, if you put somebody in a chokehold for 15 minutes, what do you expect? Mm -hmm. 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, George Floyd, you know, was, uh, had, had uh, Dare Showman's knee on his neck for almost nine, nine minutes. Nine minutes, right. Right? 15 minutes in the chokehold, what do you expect? And so, you know, I don't understand how that defense makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, also we heard that uh, Mayor Adams said, quote, we have so many cases where passengers assist other riders and we don't know exactly what happened here. And so we cannot just blatantly say that what a passenger should or should not do in a situation like that. And we should allow the investigation to take its course. Can we at least agree that while the investigation is taking course, that it's probably not a good idea for passengers to become judge and executioner on subway trains. Can we at least agree that putting a passenger into a deadly chokehold for 15 minutes to the point where they're lifeless is a problem? Is a problem. Mm -hmm. Is a problem. It and we can even go, let's, let's peel the layers back. And I know we, we don't have a lot of time on this, but let's talk about how and why uh, Mr. Neely may have spun out of control the background you know as to why he was in the state that he was in you know he the, the the murder of his mother and everything that was happening in his life to get him to that point you know you can easily say hey has the system failed him to whereas he might have been some kind of threat so i mean there is just so much to talk about with this case and they're telling us to move on and so i'm going to do just that but we definitely have to stay on this absolutely well over the weekend a mass shooting at a Dallas area shopping mall left eight people dead and 10 others injured. The assailant, Mauricio Garcia, had a social media profile filled with white supremacist and neo-Nazi ideology. The motive for the attack remains unknown, but the incident is among over 200 mass shootings recorded in the United States just this year, just this year, reigniting calls for gun reform. 
President Biden has urged Congress to ban assault weapons, implement universal background checks, and end immunity for gun manufacturers. You know, uh, Courtney, uh, you know, we report on some sort of mass shooting incident, it feels like, every single week. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, and, and we, we can't become numb to these real people that lived real lives, these young children that never had a chance to grow old, these families that were just at the mall, as so many of us often do, go to the mall to exchange a purchase or make a purchase. Little did they know that that would be the end of their life. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, for folks out there that don't take white supremacy violence seriously, here is another real life example of the, uh, the danger that white supremacy violence poses to so many of us in, in communities across the country. Yeah. This was the same white supremacy violence that we saw during the January 6th insurrection, mm -hmm. you know, that we have seen in case after case after case across the country. Uh, even the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security have said that white supremacy violence poses a national security risk. And so why is it that there are so many members of Congress and so many elected officials on a state and local level that choose, Courtney, that choose to look the other way? And I mean, the families that have just been devastated, you have a six-year-old orphan who lost her mother, her father, uh, her brother. You have two young girls from the same family, fourth and sixth grade, who reports say those, those bullets from that high-powered rifle actually just destroyed their bodies. You have a security guard who was there, you know, to, to protect and keep the order, if you will. You have a young lady just shy of her 28th birthday uh, who, who also lost her life. So now these stories are coming out and these families are just crying out for change. And it is, it is beyond heartbreaking. So yeah, um, there's that as well. And um, it just leaves you speechless. It really does. And we've got to move on here. The correct, uh, Congressional Black Caucus has been lobbying Senate Judiciary Chair Dick Durbin to end the tradition of blue slips that gives a single senator veto power over President Joe Biden's judicial picks. The Republican Party has been using blue slips to stall Biden's efforts to stock the federal bench. And the legislation gives GOP Governor Greg Abbott the power to reverse election results. The Black Caucus, along with a coalition of progressive groups, is turning up the heat on Senate Democrats to reform the blue slips policy. However, both Black Caucus members Cory Booker and Rafia Warnock shared Durbin's reluctance to change the practice. The Texas State Senate, controlled by Republicans, passed a bill that would allow the state to overturn election results in Harris County, home to, that's right, you guessed it, Houston, Texas. The measure would give Republican Governor Greg Abbott precedent-setting power to undo election results if the county runs out of paper at 2% or more of its polling sites for more than an hour. County officials would be penalized for running out of ballot paper at voting sites. Republicans claim the measure will ensure adequate ballot paper, while Democrats say it will allow the governor to reverse results. The bill now goes to the Republican-controlled Texas State House. And joining us now to discuss this alarming Texas legislation and more is Jeffrey Boney, assistant editor of the Houston Forward Times and the mayor pro tem of St. Louis, Texas. We want to welcome you to Fox Soul's Black Report. Thanks for the time today. No problem. Actually, it's Missouri City, Texas. That's all right. 
A lot of people get it confused. <laughs> All right. Well, we have the correction noted, myself and my producers. That's All righty. So what does Governor Abbott's bill to overturn elections mean for black voters? Absolutely. Well, you know, first of all, I, I tell you, this is a very alarming bill. Uh, I, you know, this is a response uh, not only to what's going on in Harris County, which is heavily Democratic uh, as far as uh, its population and voting uh, blocks, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the 56 percent of the most recent elections uh, show that it's strongly Democratic. It's going to probably continue that way. So this is an attempt to try to thwart the gains that have been made in Harris County and uh, other counties that are democratically controlled across Texas. And so this would give, as it was stated earlier, unprecedented power to the governor to, I mean, all you have to have is a, 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 a you know precinct chair or someone that is an election judge that may favor uh, a particular party, such as the Republican Party, to say that they ran out of paper for uh, the time frame uh, that, that was indicated or that is indicated in the bill uh, for the governor to just say, you know, we have these allegations, uh, just like the big lie that's been told and, and uh, been pushed uh, across the country uh, from Donald J. Trump, the former president. So this is something that is very, very concerning to many Texans uh, and many voters, uh, particularly not just uh, Repu I mean, Democratic voters, but also Republican voters. You uh, recently wrote an article for the Forward Times entitled, Are You Paying Attention? Legislative Bills That Could Harm or Help African-Americans in Texas. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the lesser known bills? Obviously, this bill is getting a lot of attention, but what are some of the lesser known bills that may harm black folks uh, that our soulmates should know about? Well, thank you for asking. You know, one of the, the most uh, important ones that I've been following and tracking and writing about several times this year since the beginning of the year is uh, SB uh, 23, Senate Bill 23, which is uh, referred to as the creating a mandatory 10-year prison sentence for criminals committing gun crime. What this basically will do is it will uh, impose a mandatory minimum sentence of 10 years, 10 years to anybody who is uh, caught committing a felony offense. And the verbiage in there is what's most concerning because uh, after it even passed 30 to 1 in the Texas Senate and now gone to the Texas House to be heard, uh, for someone who actually uses a firearm or is exhibited, so that's the question. You know, what exactly does uh, used or exhibited mean if a judge finds that a firearm was used or exhibited? So it, to me, based off of the past uh, legislation that's uh, passed in the last Texas legislative session, which was the permitless carry bill, which gives everyone 21 and over the ability to get uh, access to a firearm without having a license or, or any uh, particular training. This was uh, basically flooding the, the uh, streets with with guns, and now you're saying that you're going to give a 10-year mandatory minimum sentencing. So if you know anything about mandatory minimum sentencing, you know uh, historically that uh, African Americans bear the brunt of these sentencings, uh, basically because the prosecutors uh, prosecute 60% more often against black defendants when it came uh, to or comes to mandatory minimum sentencing than they, than they do whites. Also, uh, blacks spend more time in prison than whites for the exact same crime mm -hmm. when it comes to mandatory minimum charges from prosecutors. So it gives prosecutors uninhibited power to do what they want to become not only the judge, the jury, but the executioner uh, as it relates to sentencing for African-Americans and many others who are caught with, again, a firearm 
where they used or exhibited uh, a firearm with the commit committing a, a felony. You remember what happened in Florida with the young lady who uh, went to jail on a mandatory minimum charge because she shot a warning shot in the air because of, a, of an abusive husband. So there's a lot to be concerned about with that one particularly. Sure, sure, sure. Um, let's shift a little bit. As we know, you're a member of the Black Newspaper Association. So in your opinion, what is the black press doing uh, to keep black voters engaged, especially in this in this season that we're in right now? Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's more than just voting and getting out to the vote. Of course, GOTV efforts are extremely important and need to continue, but it's also awareness, education. It's also being proactive, showing up to the state capitals, showing up, up at local county uh, school board meetings, because there's so many things that direct you, uh, directly impact you at a local level, not just the federal level. So many times we get caught up on the federal level uh, conversation, whether it be president or some of these other higher level federal positions like senators, et cetera. But we have to pay attention to, you know, the fact that uh, this is a heavily Democrat, I mean, a Republican controlled state now. Uh, it's trying to move into the purple direction, if not blue, and they're going to do any and everything in their power to try to hinder that movement. Uh, and so that's why with the uh, statewide elections, the redistricting, the redrawing of the lines to try to make things a lot more favorable to electing Republican uh, congressmen or state representatives or state senators is very, very important that the black press continue to be on the front line, which we are, uh, not only at the local levels of various uh, cities, but also at the state level and the mm -hmm. national level with Paper Publishers Association, which I'm a part of, we're constantly putting out content and uh, encouraging people not only uh, nationally, but in their respective cities, in their counties, in their states, to pay attention to this legislation that could negatively impact you. Uh, one of the other bills, uh, mm -hmm. Bill 567, the Crown Act, just passed the Texas House yeah. overwhelmingly. Now, to the uh, Texas Senate, Senate to be heard. And so this is, of course, uh, going to be a prohibition on natural hair discrimination, uh, which came about because of two black young men, uh, actually, mm -hmm. who had AIDS uh, in their hair and they were denied the opportunity to, to graduate and walk uh, on the stage or uh, they were forced into ma uh, mandatory minimum uh, not mandatory minimum, but mandatory uh, school suspension, in-house suspension. So these are very, very important bills that impact our day-to-day -day lives. And so it's important for us to stay on top of it. And I know the black press is doing a great job of keeping the community informed. We just need to make sure everybody's reading the black yeah, press. That's yeah, that right. we read, that we and read. And that's why read. we have you here yes, to remind absolutely. us of, of the importance that the, the black press has historically played and, and, and continues to play. Our mm -hmm. thanks to, to Jeffrey Boney for joining us. Please come yes. back again uh, to Foxhole's Black Report soon. We appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, eight alleged fake electors in Georgia's 2020 election have agreed to immunity deals with prosecutors. The revelation comes as a part of an investigation into whether former President Trump and his allies committed any crimes while trying to overturn election results. The immunity deals were not disclosed, but the court filings show the eight electors make up half of the 16 people who falsely declared Trump as the winner of Georgia's presidential election. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis has indicated that criminal indictments could come between July 11th and September the 1st of this year with Trump potentially being indicted. And Nick Cordelai, everybody we've talked to 
who's been following uh, Miss Fanny says it, it's going to happen. Well, I mean, it this, will happen. Well, this is a pretty significant development. The mm -hmm. fact that there's not one or two, but there are eight, eight. folks that have been granted immunity yeah. deals. And yeah. so they're probably singing like larks mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, who knows what they are telling uh, uh, local prosecutors uh, in Georgia. But this cannot be good news, you know, for former President Donald Trump, who mm -hmm. is just facing a barrage of lawsuits. If it's not, mm -hmm. you know, the alleged rape uh, a suit that uh, he has just, uh, 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 they just released a deposition video of, of, of him doing to. that. Yep. If it's not that, it's related to, you know, January 6th. If it's not that, Stormy. it's related to what's happening in Georgia. Of course, the Stormy, Stormy Daniels, Daniels case. And, and and yet and still, he's still running for, for president. He yeah. You know, he wants another uh, run mm -hmm. in the White House. And so... Uh, we'll continue to keep our eyes on this, but mm -hmm. uh, but this case seems to be developing really fast. Yeah. And you know, I yeah. can't remember the last time I've seen a case like this where not one, not two, but eight, eight yeah. folks have been granted immunity. And I really feel like you know, Fulton County District Attorney uh, Miss Fannie Willis, she is walking this thing down, walking it like a dog down. And you know, I believe that whatever she feels her office needs to do, they will do it. And probably even more disturbing information will come out, especially if these folks who are singing now, if, if we get to hear some of the lyrics, um, you know, case in point, it is going to kind of blow that whole situation up. And, and, and it'll be interesting how it will affect his, his bid for, for the presidency. Yeah, I just hope that her, her case is not interrupted by Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia. Mm. There was a bill that was recently signed in the law. We reported on it here yeah. that would create an oversight committee over mm -hmm. uh, the uh, local prosecutor. Mm -hmm. And uh, that could scuttle mm -hmm. uh, this investigation. So hopefully that's not the we case. We shall see. Well, during the pandemic, teachers were some of the unsung heroes. They took on the challenge to not only educate students, but to also keep them interested in learning. So right here on Detroit's east side, Foxhole Back Report headquarters, one local academy is using a house system inspired by the Harry Potter franchise to keep kids engaged. Fox 2's Josh Landon shows us it's an idea organizers hope will spread. Like most institutions, Brewer Academy on Detroit's east side is bouncing back from the pandemic and during the heart of virtual learning, keeping students engaged in their studies became one of the biggest challenges. Therefore, Tamika Morgan, who is a teacher, started the house system. The overall goal is to form a community within this school. Uh, we want students to feel loved. We want them to feel like they belong. Welcome to Hogwarts. You must be sorted into your houses. The concept is inspired by the Harry Potter movie franchise. Why is your Hogwarts house so important? And what does it say about you? Oh, no. Okay. There's no need to be worried. There's so much more to each house than what you may already know. With that same idea here at the school, there are eight different houses for classes in fifth through the eighth grades. We have some uh, Spanish names, we have some African names, um, and then we just pick symbols and meanings. We have mantras, we have mottos, we have hand signs, we have the make it personal for the students. And from their names and images to their meanings. We have a lot of hardworking students, so we have the House of Travail. We have the House of Devitiate, which means wealth. And wealth doesn't always mean money. It means, you know, m wealth is different for everyone. 
if you have good health or a great family, you can feel as though you're wealthy. Good grades, strong attendance, to even the simple gesture of being kind to one another can earn each house points on the live school that frequently adds or deducts in this friendly competition. Oh. So what you saw here is another teacher in another class uh, just gave points to some students and then it rose up. When a student gains points, mm -hmm. individual points, those actual points actually go into their house as well. And clearly, the students are hooked. It pushes me to be a better student and even a better person as I represent Brewer Academy. Everyday life in school, I choose to my friends, I choose to take, stay close to my friends, try not to do anything bad towards my friends, and try to keep a good relationship and stay together with my friends. And out of, out of school, I do the same thing with my family and my other peers, trying to keep a good bond and stay together with them. A small token for achieving excellence adds up to a prize, ranging from board games to electronics, but of course, with a bigger goal for the future. Hel helping them to have a voice um, and what they're what they're learning um, is essential to uh, you know again having our students present at school each and every day. Talk about rewarding good behavior. We love to see it. And it's an answer. It's a solution-based mm -hmm. answer and strategy for these young people. That's right. Love it. Coming up, a major investigation into the NFL. That's right. We'll tell you what launched the entire thing and who's in hot water when we return. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Welcome back to Foxhole's Black Report. Well, Byron Allen files a second lawsuit against McDonald's for allegedly failing to advertise with black-owned media. Allen's company seeks $100 million in damages for false promises made by McDonald's and claim that McDonald's advertising practices amount to racial stereotyping. That's right. McDonald's denies the allegations and accuses Allen of using fear tactics to coerce the company. Allen's $10 billion federal lawsuit against McDonald's is still ongoing. Yeah, he is letting McDonald's have it. And this seems to be uh, Mr. Allen's M.O., at least even if there's no success with these lawsuits, it at least continues the conversation. It perpetuates the conversation about how we are such huge consumers, yet they don't spend too much money uh, on us in regards to advertising, in regards to investing in our communities, which is a part of his argument as well. You're right, and there have been a number of, of, of items that have been in the news mm -hmm. of late uh, with McDonald's at the center. John Rogers, who was on the board of directors at McDonald's, um, is no longer on that board of directors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, McDonald's has some explaining to do that some they haven't done. Do, yeah. In addition to, you know, black media not getting its fair share, and we've heard mm -hmm. the Reverend Al Sharpton, among others, sort of call attention to this in recent weeks. In addition to that, there are a number of franchisees mm -hmm. that are suing McDonald's and sort of alleging that, uh, you know, some of the stores that they have happen to be in, in areas uh, that um, you know have challenges that other franchisees don't have yeah. and so there have been a number of issues in the news as of late with McDonald's at the center and this is just the latest probably one of the most high-profile yeah. uh, issues uh, with Byron Allen uh, 
at it again. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate. You know, uh, McDonald's is headquartered in Illinois. I spent about 12 years there, so I had an opportunity to emcee a lot of their um, community programming that especially focused in on young people, and it was on point, you know, and it really propelled a lot of young people into careers that they could have never imagined. Uh, you know, there were a lot of franchisee programs and gatherings that I was also able to take part in, whether it be a moderator or emcee. So, you know, they have some, some great programs and some great success stories under their belt, but when you run into scenarios and lawsuits like this, it kind of makes you question it, question it a bit. Well, it would be yeah. great to have you know even representatives from McDonald's you know sit Speak down with us it. and mm -hmm. and let us know like how do they approach you know sort of their you know media buying and investing in in multicultural media? How do they approach that mm -hmm. in a way that is is equitable? What's their thought? Uh, on McDonald's, that? like a lot of companies, they've made some commitments, mm -hmm. and so you have folks like Byron Allen saying going to hold their feet to What's the fire. What's up with that commitment? That's right. All right, let's move on here. The attorney generals of New York and California are investigating allegations of workplace discrimination in the NFL. They have issued subpoenas to NFL execs as a part of an ex examination into the workplace culture at the league's corporate offices in both of those states. Now, this investigation focuses on gender pay disparities, harassment, uh, and gender and racial discrimination. The league didn't immediately comment on the investigation, and uh, the investigation follows a New York Times story detailing allegations of gender discrimination by more than 30 former female NFL employees. So along with McDonald's, it sounds like the NFL, at least the head office, has got some explaining to do. Huh? Yeah, and, and, and what's so interesting about this, we just reported right here on Foxhole's Black Report about the record number of people that watched the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. right? And part of how we found it, it was a record number was because, you know, the NFL was counting. And so if you can count the number of people, you know, that are watching the Super Bowl, you know, you can also count the number of, of folks alleging workplace discrimination. And the, mm -hmm. the question is, well, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. uh, and so for these two very high profile file attorney generals, the attorney general of California and New, and York, New York, you know, to be working off of this 2022 New York Times story, mm -hmm. you know, uh, around these allegations and, and really seeking to get more information. Uh, you know, the, the NFL has been in the headlines for, in for recent years reasons. for a lot of the wrong yeah. reasons, um, recently some of the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the question is, which path will they take? Will they continue uh, to reform themselves um, or will... Uh, they have to have the attorney generals of, of California and New York put some pressure on them yeah. to reform uh, and meet the moment. Yeah, that expose uh, in the New York Times was pretty pretty deep and explicit. And, uh, you know, therefore, the NFL is going to have, again, some explaining to do. And this is the type of story where you keep your eye on it to see what the fallout and the results are going to be. That's right. Indeed. Well, reports say that Goldman Sachs will pay $215 million in a new agreement to settle a class action lawsuit over underpaying women. Lawyers for 2,500 women who claim the company discriminated against them in pay and promotions agreed to the settlement with a third set aside for attorney's fees. The trial was supposed to take place next month, but the settlement avoided rare testimonies about unequal pay in finance and banking. Christina Chen Oster first filed a complaint alleging gender discrimination against Goldman Sachs in 2005 with the U.S. Equal 
Employment Opportunity Commission. All right, shifting gears here, actress Cheryl Lee Ralph, how much do we love her, partnered with Sonic Drive-In to support Teacher Appreciation Week to help public school educators get the materials they need in the classroom. The Sonic Foundation will match up to $1.5 million in donors' choice, a nonprofit that allows people to donate directly to classroom requests submitted by public school teachers. Sonic is also offering a free cheeseburger with purchase uh, to all teachers enrolled in the Sonic's uh, Teachers Circle, a free rewards program exclusively for educators. If you want to get involved, donate. I want you to visit DonorsChoose.org. That's DonorsChoose.org. And that's really, this is really great to see. I mean, you know, Shirley Ralph is on fire for all the right yeah. reasons. This is her and, moment. And, and, and not only is this her moment, but very true to who she is, mm -hmm. uh, she's making this moment more than just about her. That's right. Right, and a, a lot of people, you know, love the character that she plays on Abbott Elementary, uh, that, that school teacher. Uh, but what's so great is that she's partnering with Sonic that has a long history of investing in local communities um, around 3,500 locations mm -hmm. uh, where they have this program. You know, it's called uh, the Learning Initiative. Uh, and um, I'm sorry, Limeades for Learning, that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they've been doing this for the past 14 years. So mm -hmm. they're not new to investing in the classroom, investing in teachers, um, and very true to uh, our very favorite dream girl. Uh, she's investing in, investing her time and talent in folks that have been invested in us. Well, big ups to Sonic. You know, this is this this programming uh, and this give back is new to me. So maybe that speaks to maybe the the lack of, of an endorser or a voice or a person who could you know continue to champion the cause. Because again, I, I feel like this is her moment, and I love how you say it's, it's she's making the moment about you know everything and everybody, mm -hmm. especially as your star uh, continues to shine bright. You'll be approached, and so you know maybe uh, for Sonic from this point on, making sure that they partner with folks to whereas the message uh, and the calls can really get out there and sink in and sink through, sink through so we can know that efforts like this are ongoing. I think it's amazing mm -hmm. that you can donate and, and, and give, it's like a bridal registry or something mm -hmm. where the teacher says, I need this, this, and that. How many times do we run into teachers, especially, you know, end of summer, beginning of fall, school year starting, and their particular uh, school board doesn't give them what they need and they're in there using their own pockets, mm -hmm. you know, to, to finance their classroom. So this is, this is pretty dope. This is really dope. As the streets would like to say. And, so I'm, and, I'm happy about this and, one. And we can't highlight organizations like DonorsChoose.org. We can't highlight them um, enough enough for making it possible right. for us to give uh, to specific classrooms uh, to address specific needs. And yeah. so shout out to Miss Shirley Ralph continuing to make us proud. Yeah, man. Still ahead, the state of Florida has some new laws in effect that impact our community. We'll tell you about the latest bill signed into law that will impact so many black Americans in the state. Don't go anywhere. You're watching Foxhole's Black Report. Welcome back to Foxhole's Black Report. Well, President Joe Biden is expected to deliver the commencement speech 
at Howard University next weekend. The White House confirmed the announcement yesterday. Former President Obama was the last sitting president to give the address at Howard back in 2016. Yeah, Biden will also speak at the Air Force Academy's graduation ceremony as well. There he yeah. is uh, on the screen. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, there are a lot of folks who are saying, well, but you know, Vice President Harris is an alum. Why is she not addressing mm -hmm. Howard? Mm -hmm. I think we answered that question by saying the last Democratic president, at least, did speak at the commencement of Howard. And it's a pretty big deal mm -hmm. when the president shows up at any university. To speak, absolutely. You know, listen, um, I lived down the street from Howard, did some time in, in D.C. as well. I have a lot of bisons in my life, but Mother's Day weekend, trying to navigate that area in D.C., is tough. I mean, it is a tradition. Um, it is something that is uh, looked forward to. It's been it's been ongoing for years on top of years. And you just know if you're a Howard uh, graduating a senior, uh, Mother's Day weekend is on lockdown. And if you're a resident in that area, you also know that you probably want to get out of town or go visit somebody on the other side of town. So you know when you layer the president mm -hmm. visiting onto that, it is going to be uh, a, a, an amazing uh, logistical, interesting thing going on uh, this weekend. But again, I, I think it's a good look yeah and uh, I'm anxious to hear what he has to say especially as he is looking to get back into the White House yeah I think it raises the bar it being Mother's Day weekend number one mm -hmm. and then number two you know uh, I think there are a lot of exciting commencement speakers out there I mm -hmm. hope the president seizes the moment mm -hmm. um, to speak directly to Howard students not over their heads mm -hmm. not you know an address to the nation but you know for him to deliver a commencement address that meets the students of Howard where they're at. But, I, think, but can also, I think that's what people are expecting. But can also speak to, or at least speak to the soulmates that are going to catch you know, pieces of it across, you know, social media and, and maybe read an article or two or maybe even listen into it. So, yeah, to the to the Howard, uh, you know, students and, and faculty uh, and dignitaries, but also it needs to speak to the soulmates. You yeah. need to sneak some sneak some messages into the soulmates who'll be looking in. We'll be listening. Mm -hmm, we sure will. All right. Civil rights icon Fred Gray is receiving his flowers while he's still here. The NAACP's Legal and Defense Fund is honoring this trailblazer. He'll be be presented with the NAACP Legal and Defense Lifetime Achievement Award for his work in fighting some of the most important legal battles in black history. He is known as the, quote, chief counsel of civil rights and was most known for his work in the Supreme Court case that followed the Montgomery boys, uh, bus boycott. Gray is 92 years young. A Kansas City committee is declining to rename Negro Creek despite local outrage. Apparently, members could not settle on a definitive reason regarding how the body of water got its name as it was held. It's held that title since around 1850. The committee also announced that they would not seek an updated description request from the U.S. Board on Geographic Names. Although the waterway will still be officially known as Negro Creek, the renaming committee does want to take action towards making the area more inclusive. Johnson County leaders have shared plans to distribute historic signs throughout the area. Well, don't act brand new now, residents of that area. You know, we're talking about a, a creek being named this back in 1850. Mm. I mean, we could probably guess 
why it was named that. Were they were were, were runaway slaves being caught in that creek? Were were babies being thrown to alligators? Black slave babies being thrown to alligators in that creek? Is that a creek where they would would take dead bodies or drown? I mean, come on, it, it, it it's not far fetched as to why this was called, you know, Negro Creek and and why the resistance um, to change it just out of respect and and for you know just to, to be humane and just thoughtful. Why the push and the resistance to not change it? I just think it speaks to where we still are, unfortunately, as a country. We're talking 1850, and we're going to fast forward to 2023. And you questioning why folks are outraged about the name of the creek? There ain't nothing else to say. You just did that. That's a mic drop right there. Boom. Mm. All right, so let's go to Florida with it. A bill has been passed to restore abandoned black cemeteries while in Tampa, the city council is buying back one segregation era graveyard. This after the city accidentally lost Memorial Park to a property flipper in a recent online auction. One with an $18,000 bid, the city then went back and purchased it for $100,000. One city council uh, member says the purchase shows the city's commitment to the people who are buried there. 6,000 headstones are documented at Memorial Park, including veterans dating back to World War One. This comes as House Bill 49 to restore black cemeteries heads to Governor DeSantis's desk for his signature. Surprise, surprise, off to Governor DeSantis's desk. I ain't gonna do it because I want to come right back here and deliver the news. <laughs> you don't want to fall out. I'm gonna fall out, pass out, or, hit my head. Or, or God forbid, go on and be with the ancestors holding your breath on that. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. you know, very interesting. And we've been talking a lot about stories like this as black folks, black residents have been unearthing these cemeteries um, that have been paved over, that have been wiped from, you know, records. And it is just so disturbing. And uh, so, you know, I hope this bill passes. I hope he sees fit that the bill like this needs to pass so we can, you know, remember our loved ones and ancestors the way that everybody else has an opportunity to. I mean, if he supports it, it will be at odds with what his position yeah. has been, yeah. um, you know, and his lack of support for black history, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, this is a black cemetery. We're mm -hmm. talking about black folks mm -hmm. in the cemetery. Right. And so, you know, again, ain't holding my breath, but you know what? <laughs> We're always welcoming a miracle. Up next, that's could the- That's gonna need with him. That's right. Up next, could the queen of talk show TV be making a comeback? Hmm, we're not talking about Oprah Winfrey. We're talking about somebody else. We're talking about Wendy Williams, y'all. What, what, you, what, what you say now, Willis? When we return, <laughs> we'll tell you which network is looking to possibly have her return with her own show. They're talking about it. This is serious. We're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. You're watching it. I'm watching it, too. We all watching We're watching one. you <laughs> and me. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Fox Soul's Black Report. Well, LSU star Angel Reese 
is turning it up a notch for both fans and her haters. Not the haters. Uh, posing in the latest Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition with that famous ring me pose uh, made during her winning match over the Iowa Hawkeyes. Reese made headlines last month after that and her John Cena you can't see me celebration gestures made in the face of opponent Caitlin Clark circulated throughout social media kind of prompting both criticism and praise. Reese has become a household name earning plenty of NIL deals including you know this SI issue and other lucrative opportunities. That's right Reese has become a household name earning plenty of NIL deals as you remembered including mm -hmm the Sports Illustrated uh, deal, yeah. and I'm sure there are lots of other deals that are coming down the pike. Uh, She's making millions now. She just uh, she just recently had a birthday, and I don't know if she was gifted a Mercedes-Benz or she got a little deal on the Benz to talk about it, but this is definitely, you know, her time and her season, and I love in that uh, SI article how she got to talking a little bit about, not a little bit, a lot of bit about, you know, the, the stereotypes that women, you know, have to continuously face uh, in sports, and so uh, she's very much of a of an advocate and she is on fire for all things girls and sports, you know, basketball in particular. And she makes good sense. She makes good sense. Well, good for her. Yeah. We appreciate her. All right, radio host Howard Stern made comments recently that black NBA players don't show him any love when he's courtside. And NBA star J.R. Smith is letting him know why. The former New York Knicks player said that many players and fans alike might not be aware of all of Stern's accolades given the generational gap. Smith tweeted over the weekend, I'm sorry, but what basketball player listened to him? <laughs> LOL. I don't think I've met one, black or not. Now, this all comes after a recent radio appearance where Stern says he was seated courtside, but the black players don't come and say hello to him and says, quote, but they go over to Spike Lee. What is that about? Gosh, Come on, Howard Stern. You can do better than that. <sighs> you know, look, Howard Stern is a provocateur. He's a provocateur, provocateur. And, and, and he I is really good that. at getting people riled up. He's really good mm. at getting people to pay attention. Um, very similar to Donald Trump in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, maybe people just don't know you. Right? But I, and, that's, you know, and, and that's JR's point. Yeah, and, and there is a generational gap. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I know who Howard Stern is. You know who Howard yeah. Stern is. But, you know, if, if we polled, you know, a lot of younger folks, people that are 10, 12, 15 years younger than us, they mm -hmm. probably don't know who he is. And, you know, how I Be hope easy. I hope don't I don't take get in trouble so for saying this, but I, I would assume Howard Stern isn't in his prime right now. So, so at at the top of uh -oh. his game, these these this new generation either weren't born or were, were infants and would have no idea who he is. Now, culturally speaking, who don't know Uncle Spike? You know, where these movies have lived on and are iconic and and your parents are having you watching these movies by way of your parents passing them down to you. So that makes sense. But, you know, and a lot of people wouldn't know who Robin Quivers is. She has been Howard's uh, mm -hmm. uh, co-host for years on top of years, 40 plus years, a black uh, woman uh, who has been by Howard's side through all of it. They probably wouldn't know who she was either. Yeah, this is real strange to me. I mean, to make a comparison to Spike Lee, Howard, do you really think <laughs> people get you and Spike Lee confused or they know well, Spike, but they don't know you? Do they get Tiger Woods confused? I don't I, I don't think they get uh, Tiger Woods confused. But At you know all. what? The hmm. golf legend is going back to court and his ex-girlfriend is suing him for, get this, $30 million. Ex-girlfriend, 
$30 million. That's right. New court documents show Erica Herman is accusing Woods of kicking her out of her mansion, out of their mansion. That mm. she says Woods verbally promised to her in 2017, saying that she could live there for at least 11 years, but kicked her out after only five years. Herman also says Woods forced her to sign a non-disclosure agreement back when they first started dating or she'd be fired from her job. Fired from her job. So a lot of, yeah, she was what? the waitress at, I think, a restaurant that Tiger owned. And so that's how they met. So for a while, she was the poster child for the for the best come up ever. But I think after the coordination, uh, Queen Camilla, I think, <laughs> will be like the forever iconic poster lady for a come up <laughs> and I'm gonna let y'all figure out the rest because I want to stay you know a little respectful of the of the of the royal family however uh-huh she was the side chick she, she was the who she was the side chick <laughs> and now she is queen honey so it trumps all all of the this is historic this come up is historic so are you saying that, for the ages are, so are you saying that that Tiger Woods ex-girlfriend is uh, a part of the Camilla ministry um, somewhat, somewhat, uh -huh. but Camilla is the ministry. And look, who, who, their house, our house, you, honey, you got to just girlfriend. Ain't no hour in girlfriend. Right. You got to, you got to make sure he puts this on here. You think he played her? You think what? You think Tiger played her? Uh, the way he got her out that house, he showed this. her on that vacation. It was cold blooded. <laughs> Tiger is something else. Cold blooded. Tiger. It was man. She thought they were going on vacation. Uh, she did. She did. She did. <laughs> All right. They want us to move on here. More congratulations for Simone Biles and Houston Texans star Jonathan Owens. They are the cutest little couple mm -hmm. ever. They said I do again in Cabo over the weekend. The gold medalist and Owens held a uh, smaller ceremony last month at the courthouse in Houston. Bile said she wanted a wedding on the beach, and that's exactly what she went on ahead and did. And they are the cutest little couple. Their love story is amazing. And they met online, a dating app. So these dating apps, you know, some of them do work. And why not let the technology do the work for you? You're thinking, you know, both top athletes, maybe their paths would have eventually crossed. But obviously they didn't, thanks to the technology. They are now living happily ever after. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. I hope that ha happily ever after focuses in on the marriage, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes we we tend to focus a little too much on the wedding, and and the the Cinderella story, well, you right? Know us. And so, really wish their marriage <laughs> yeah, well. Exactly. Wish their marriage well. I met my husband on Facebook. Did you really? Mm -hmm. Well, he saw me. Yep, and I just had to sift through, and then I was like, oh, okay, well, he's real. He's, okay. you know, real deal. So, yeah, let it let it work for you, ladies. Let it work for and, you, sisters and, and, and brothers. And you sitting here right here with, the, with this bling. I mean, come on right here. This bling is, show the people the bling. Show the people the show, bling. Normally they're in our ear talking about move on, move on, move on. Show the people the bling. It's, it's here. It's, yeah, it's nice. It's, it's beautiful. See, they say move along. All on social media. <laughs> All right. The self-proclaimed queen of daytime talk shows could be making a return. Mm. It's being reported from a close member of her team that the network reached out to Wendy Williams. It's alleged that the network pitched the new daytime talk show, but no more details were given. This comes as CNN primetime ratings for CNN have fallen 61%. Ouch. And many believe this is an attempt to boost those Ooh. ratings. When on air, the Wendy Williams show averaged over a million viewers 
each and every day. So is this like strategic and ambitious or is it kind of like a desperation move for CNN? Your thoughts? They're going through a lot right now. Yeah, I don't think it's a desperation move. I think CNN's ratings have dropped mm -hmm. and so there is room to be a little bit more bold and try things that maybe they wouldn't have tried a year ago, two years ago. Listen, you can't lose any more money than CNN Plus lost. That was over $300 million that was tragic, for one of the oh, shortest lived so streaming tragic. platforms in the history of streaming. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, and so, you know, nothing can be worse than that, but I think it's a good thing. I mean, you know, all good things have to evolve, right? And CNN is a global news outlet uh, that we've leaned to uh, on some of the biggest stories uh, and biggest cultural inflection points over the years. And so, you know, kudos to them, you know, for being willing to try something radically different than what they're yeah. used to. But where would it fit? And then, more importantly, is Wendy up for a day-to-day health-wise? Would she be, you know, would she be up for that? That's a That's big question. Concern. That's a big yeah. question. All right, up next, it's the best and the brightest in black excellence. That's right. We'll introduce you uh, to the young man from New Orleans who's received millions in scholarships and after tons of offers has made a decision. We'll tell you what that decision mm. is. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. We'll be right back. Come on, honors courts. I never had those, <laughs> ever. Welcome back to Fox Hills Black Report. In today's Black Excellence, we recognize New Orleans high school senior Dennis Barnes. So kind of like a follow-up story here, Dennis, who has already received millions in scholarships, has finally made a decision on where he's attending college this Drum fall. Drum roll, You're please. Ready? He has chosen the Ivy League's Cornell University in upstate New York, majoring in computer science, and then he's going to later move on into uh, practicing software development. That's right. Dennis says, he decided on Cornell because of the school's renowned engineering program and his desire to live in New York. Before and the so, break, I was saying, you know, you were talking about, look at all those honor cords. I didn't really, I didn't, I just had a chain, like a, a necklace around my neck during graduation. Uh -huh. I was a lazy student and I wanted to just get finished. So I came out of high school with a 2-5. But what yeah. helped me get into school was I did well on the ACT, yeah. which proved I was a lazy student. It was just artsy-fartsy. I just, I couldn't, especially math and science, and, and I don't want to discourage people, but for me and my testimony, yeah. it just didn't work. But well, give me some English well, and some speech class. Well, you're doing well right now. Yeah. You're doing well right now, and, 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 and it shows, it shows. Congratulations to that mm -hmm. young man. That is, that is incredible. Mm -hmm. I, I can't think of the last time I saw that many honors cords around anybody's around neck. Around your neck. You have some still in your, in some, your car. But, but I, I was in your truck. We, would, <laughs> we went out the other day, and you have something hanging the tassel. What is that? I do. I graduated I've never with, seen that before honors. But, but, but back to this kid right here, mm -hmm. you know, um, I've never had that many, and that's incredible. And so kudos to him, you know, for really just sort of the beginning of the next chapter of his life. And, and, and the young lady from yesterday who had that 8.0 GPA we were trying to yeah. figure out. That's right. You know, like two different curriculums that average, she probably averaged 4.0 each, which, which, you know, came out to that 8.0. And so he's on that track as well. He'll do exceptionally well, I'm sure, at Cornell, one of the prestigious That's right. Ivy League schools and nothing but the best for him. And hopefully know? to the Amazons and to just all the software companies out there that are always saying, oh, we can't seem to find good talent. Here's one right, right here. Well, here is some amazing in talent making. in the making right there at Cornell, coming out of New Orleans. And so, 
you know, y'all better tap and, in. And speaking of graduation, let's just take a minute to tap into all of our graduates, whether yeah. it's what, kindergarten, the doctoral program, would That's that right. be the highest in education? It would be, yeah. I mean, just, you know, congratulations to everybody at every level. That's right. Wherever you may be graduating from, graduating to, it is an awesome feat. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't even use these skill sets in the court. You know, it's just about showing these future employers mm -hmm. that you can compete you can complete something yeah. that you can follow through that you know you've you've earned something and it shows a lot of character and stuff and that's really what they're looking for a lot of times beyond the skill set yeah. you know when it, when it comes to that next new hire and showing you yourself and, and, and demonstrating to yourself that you have the discipline yeah. uh, in order to that's to it. finish what you start that's and it. so this commencement season we can't wait to continue to bring you yeah, more yeah. examples of not just the, the good graduates. speeches but the great stories in the making yeah and speaking of stories for the We'll run down on today's stories and more. You can access Fox Soul's video on demand on any of our partners. You can even access past shows and other black-centered content. Don't forget to download the Fox Soul app. It is free. That's How much? Free. Thanks for joining <laughs> us today. I'm Courtney Hicks. No late lunch today. We went to Soul Food restaurants called Cornbread here. I slept the whole night. <laughs> Missed the NBA games and everything. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm the Cordelai Corte. On behalf of the entire team here at Fox Soul's Black Report, stay lifted. I'm not going out with you today. <laughs> <laughs>